What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Bra Meets World. What is Bra Meets World? Your end of the world podcast. Hey, this is episode seventy-six. <laughs> I like that. The end of the world. Basically, this boy beats is beating the world. You guys <laughs> will no longer ever be a part of. <laughs> boy remembers the world. <laughs> yeah, remembers it fondly. That's that's essentially what my journey is with Corey right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I'm Siege. And I am Tony Curtis. Hey, Tony, what's up? Not much. Chilling, hanging out, quarantined. Quarantining? Yeah, just quarantining, you know? I, um, I, I have to say, I'm having more interactions uh, walking around with strangers that aren't really interactions, but just a quick second of, like, we both look at each other like we don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a very interesting, funny thing that keeps happening. When we take our walks, there are a few things. One, we keep noticing things about houses in our neighborhood we never do. We're like, oh, I never knew they had this kind of driveway. Or, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, it's like, it's really, it's really cool. Um, just noticing little things. And we are kind of getting to know our neighbors a little bit. I at least know faces in their neighborhood in a way I never did before. I am noticing that I am still seeing a huge lack of diversity where I am. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's something that's fun as I walk about. There's just a... Yeah, not a lot of people who look like me. That's so commonplace, I didn't even notice it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready to get into this episode? I am ready to talk about this episode because regardless of how you feel about it, I have an inkling that you did not like this episode. Oh my god, I love that you knew how much I hated it! <laughs> <laughs> I One of the first notes I put was that CJ is not going to like this episode. <laughs> I hated it so much. I hated it so much. I looked up the writer to see if he had done anything else. This is his first time writing for Boy Meets World. And he writes two other episodes this season. And I made note of them because I want to see how I... What are the other two? Just curious. Um, One is like quiz show yes that's actually a better episode than this and then there was another one uh i just marked it but i don't i don't have it in front of me yeah yeah yeah. no quiz show is a better episode i was like i hate this so much i like i looked up everything else he's been in and done because like i wanted to make sure he wasn't some writing savant and i just didn't get it and turns out he is not (laughs) you know what it's you brought this up i think in the last podcast or the one before where it kind of feels like these episodes are like one for them, one for us. Like we're going to do one that the studio is going to like, that they'll be able to market really well with yeah. guest cameos or whatever. And then we're going to have one for us, which is just more of a, a character-driven episode, which is kind of like what we saw in the, with Chet and, and Alan in the previous weeks. Um, this definitely felt like some shit that they've been running commercials for all week, MTV, on TGIF. That, that's what this whole thing felt like to me. Yeah, MTV is owned by Viacom, who I believe also 
is owned by ABC. I could be completely off, but... I think they did own ABC at the time. I, I think this was before Disney bought them out. I could be very wrong on all of this. Yeah, well. again, at this point in time, who knows? Everything's all again. Guys, you know us by now. <laughs> we don't Google shit. We speculate, <laughs> all right? This is new technology, you guys. You know everything in a minute, don't you? You don't have any time to imagine. Get the fuck out of here with that. We wonder in this show. It felt very much like, hey, this is a cross-promotion. We have this new show, singled out. We want people to know how it works. We're going to put it on this very popular TV show for tweens or early teenagers, and hopefully we can get some of their audience. That's how I saw it. And it felt like a very long commercial, and I hated it. Okay, all right. Well, let's let's do the tell me about it, because I do want to deep dive more. Um... Uh... I guess that's on me. One, two, three. Tell us about it. Tell us what it's all about. Eric goes on single now. Corey gets his tonsils out. You pulled a little Nikki there where you rhymed out without without. And I'm not really judging you because this episode didn't deserve more. But I'm just saying, it's a little Nicki I want Minaj. you to know that I actually <laughs> did work to try to see how I can put together a song that had the same effort as the writers of this episode. <laughs> and I feel I succeeded. You succeeded. <laughs> Tens across the board, if that's the case. Because every every storyline feels like one we saw before. I, oh I, I can't say God. that. But the, Eric's entire storyline feels like I just saw this episode. Okay, okay. So let's get into season four, episode seven, Singled Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric has been having bad luck dating, so he says that he is attending Harvard so he can appear on MTV's Singled Out. Meanwhile, Corey must undergo an operation, but when he listens to a rumor that Sean tells him about, he begins to worry that he'll vanish from the operating room. I could not care less about either of these. <laughs> Which one do you talk about first? I want to talk about Singled Out because there's more there. The Eric storyline is, we've talked about this before, when Corey is sick, Eric or Sean gets pushed to the front, and usually we do better than this episode has done. I don't know. I, I was going to say it feels separate from the story they're trying to sell, tell the season, but what I mean is it feels like one that's already been told. We've already seen Eric trying to pretend to be smart to get smarter girls, like that whole him going to the opera with Feeny thing. He's learned that lesson already. He does not need to learn it again. We've seen him going out with townies and him realizing that he's not that much better than anyone else and that he would be lucky to be with anybody who is interested in him like we've seen all this before why does he need to go on this show what does he learn from it and the resulting date ends up being the same thing we saw with the townie so i just i don't understand why this was necessary it wasn't it was a filler episode and again i believe they had to do something with singled out i want to talk a little bit about a few things this episode we get the origins of the feeny call yes we do get our first Feeny call, and it was so organic, wasn't it? It, it was. It felt like something that it didn't seem like they knew what the Feeny call would be in this moment, but I did, and I literally like like gleed like <laughs> Christmas morning. Mr. Feeny, I have to talk to you. How could you not be here, Mr. Feeny? Mr. Feeny! That may be the saving grace of this episode because it is the origin of something that will 
come to be a signature of the show. It is natural, as you said. He just comes outside, and he's like, Mr. Feeney, you weren't by the fence. You weren't at school. What are you doing? Yeah, he's like, where's Feeney? Mr. Feeney? 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 Like, he, it, it just escalates. And then exactly. it just it's a, it becomes this fun joke that they're almost having with it by having Eric do it more and more as it goes on. Also, it paints Feeney as someone who's not just always outside. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah. it kind of acknowledges that. And it's like, no, he has his own life. At this particular time, Eric had to draw him out. And I, I just like that little bit of meta. It was really fun. I was upset at the idea that Eric couldn't think of a single school other than Harvard. Television has this problem where if it's not Harvard or Yale or Princeton or you know, any one of the Ivy Leagues, no other school is worth mentioning. It's not a real school. And I'm like, come on, guys. He could have said he went to Penn State you know what I mean? You know what's so bullshit about this, too? Literally all of his friends from last year went to college for him. Like, that was the whole <laughs> point of the story. So he knows where his friends are right now. I guarantee you they're not at Harvard. Like, where's Jason? Yeah. Say you're going to his school. Why is this a thing that even – like, it, it didn't even play a big part in the storyline. It ended up being a setup for a stupid joke about his hair. Yeah, exactly. So I was just – but the hair joke lead us to our roll call. Which is where we get Chris Hardwick, who Chris Hardwick. plays himself. Yes. <laughs> he was the host of Singled Out uh, throughout, I believe, the entire duration, or at least most of it. Yeah, he's been the host of a lot of things. And I will um, say... Well, that, yeah, he, he hosts Talking Dead, which he's been yeah. doing for the last few years. Yeah. He's done a lot. Like, hosting has been his thing for a while. He's kind of like a 90s B-rated Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, exactly. That's... A, that's that's a good way of, of putting him. But okay. what's interesting is they write that Chris Hardwick is as cute or on the same level of attractiveness as Eric. And I'm like, no, sir. Just because you have the same hair does not That's mean that you're interesting. Equally- I did not get that at all. I thought they were just commenting on the fact that every quote unquote cute white guy that year had that same haircut. Eric says it's like looking into a mirror. Yeah. Chris Hardwick's okay. like, please. And I'm like, you wish you could be as cute as Eric is. I mean, I, I'll give you this. Will Friedle is more attractive than Chris Hardwick. But I got to say, as a man of color, from a distance, they look the same to me. I feel like this whole show is embracing, like, the Walmart brand of grunge. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, grunge is happening, but they just have, like, a slightly cleaner version of it. So everyone's wearing the Chris Cobain, like, sweater and jeans they just don't have holes in it you know what i mean they, it's just it's a cleaner version i love that it's middle america grunge you also have eric not really fitting in that that lane by being so gap which we discussed earlier this season but it's just yeah it's a reflection of the times at least i thought no it is but i'm just saying like it's it's something to where watching it i was like you look like a hobo i can't stand to watch what i'm seeing <laughs> can i just say this I know that this episode is so flawed, right? I yes. get it. It's it's not well written. It plays no part into the story. Or you could remove this episode and it would make no difference, right? This episode is fun to watch. It's always it? been fun for me for to watch. When I was a kid, especially, like the the MTV singled out crossover thing worked for me when I was a kid. Like I watched MTV all through the 90s, probably when I wasn't supposed to. Music videos, <laughs> Beavis and Butthead, all of it. Like, I was there. I had older cousins. It was always on. So I got those references. And it was, again, it felt like this this inside joke that I was included in. And then the Corey thing, at the time, it was just it just felt like a fun gag. 
when I was younger. Now I recognize it as the you know trope that it is but it's it, for me it still kind of has nostalgia fun to it like i feel like there are people who will agree that it's bad but, but will also agree that they enjoy watching it but you you don't think this episode is fun no this episode is not fun i felt first of all i don't know if we always have a laugh track but it just felt it felt you know like when a show that has a laugh track or has a studio audience does it for a certain segment because it was recorded on a soundstage. Yes. When they transition the single out, it's very obvious. Yes, it's so obvious, first of all, there. And then second of all, it just goes on. Like, there's this beat where they are going to commercial, but Eric's just dancing for five minutes, and it's weird. There's just music. There's no comedy. He's not even dancing funny. It's like, it's weird, and I did not like it. Did we have a laugh track, um... During the Disney World episode? Because that obviously didn't have a live studio audience. I, I feel like I remember there being a laugh track, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. But again, like it was just very awkward. Yeah. Uh, also, Chris Hardwick was rude, and I could tell he was doing like this I'm above it all host thing. But I was like, it's not charming. It's not interesting. I have zero interest in watching the show because of this. Can I ask you, now that we're talking about Singled Out, one, did you ever watch the show when it was on MTV? I did, but like I barely remember it. But I know I did watch it. Okay, okay. Well, my question was like, how did you feel about the questions that were being asked and the way that Eric answered them and the results that came from that? You mean the fact that they say, do you want a girl who's gonna blow you in the parking lot? Or do you want a girl that's gonna like, you're going to marry. And consistently, Eric chooses the the latter. Well, they completely, like, trash any girl who seems of substance. Like, all, like, the majority of the girls leave who are naughty. And, by the way, with naughty goes most of the women of color. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. All that's left is, like, Aryans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I was like, okay, what are you trying to say about that? Then it's like party girls leave and it's nothing but brainy girls, but there are like five brainy girls now. Again, I was like, what are you saying about women? And then when that one girl says that she prefers waking up to Coco and not a shower, Chris Hardwick's like, ugh, you were doing so well. You know what I mean? And it's just like, ugh, I can't. It felt like the show was trying to tell us that, like, this is the kind of girl that Eric should be with, even though the entire time Eric's, like, answering this these questions, he's saying things that, like, well, my mom wouldn't want me to pick the naughty girls, but, like, he wants these naughty party girls. Like, all the girls that are going by, he gave one of them the save you token. Like, he was into it up until the Coco question. They're positioning how they think boys are. You know what They're I mean? They're just projecting... Good, wholesome American value, CJ. No, what I'm saying is they are doing the exact opposite, at least on Singled Out. They're like, because he said his mom would want him to do this, that makes him a loser. You know, being considerate of someone that will meet your parents. is Oh, from Chris Hardwick's perspective, 100%. But what I'm saying is, like, the creators of Boy Meets World are pushing this narrative that the only women of substance are women that fit into those boxes. Yeah, it's bad all around. It's bad all around, <laughs> yes. They managed to make it bad all around. I was just, I was really, really disappointed in the show. And I want to talk about the final girl, who is Lisa, played by yes. Bridget Flannery. Um, do you have anything to say about the show before we start talking about Bridget? 
All I want to say is that without Singled Out, we would not be given the host of Talking Dead, the number one Walking Dead after show on television. (laughs) And also, we wouldn't have Carmen Electra, guys. So maybe you should show Singled Out a little more respect. We got a lot of quote-unquote 90s icons from this show, but I just could have done without this episode in general. I No, I, I agree. Yeah, okay, let's talk about this fucking cocoa drinking chick that eric (laughs) (laughs) so what's most important and it's very clear from the beginning is that she lied about going to columbia and (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's seen as like this thing where eric's lying about going to harvard and she's lying about going to columbia when they had her just be in eric's same situation again i could not help but think about the good-looking guy episode where he goes out with the townie and she's just talking about what it's like. Like, it's the same... Like, Eric walks away with the same humility. He walks away with the same, like, understanding of what it means to be uh, a guy who didn't go to college, who's dating. Like, I don't know what he... How he grows from this episode. He doesn't. I mean, like, if anything, he didn't grow from the last time. And that's the thing. Like, I think we're going to notice this more and more. There's going to be times that we see episodes where it's like, I know these kids learned this lesson already. And I may, maybe they're commenting on the fact that sometimes kids take a while to learn the lesson, but it feels more often than not like lazy writing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I always remind myself that they had 22 episodes. Not all are going to be great. We are very spoiled now with our 10-episode seasons. I mean, if you put it that way, then yeah, this episode's not that bad. Like, I wouldn't dread watching this episode. It's just not as good as the meat and potatoes we've been given this season. I, I You're not going to like my grade for this episode. Because <laughs> it it's, it's bad, in my opinion. Well, not only is it just, like, not a great episode, like, we have had some really good episodes this season and so like it really stands out when you have uh you know a bad apple can i talk about the biggest bullshit of the whole situation i knew this show was fucking lazy when they had mtv send them to goddamn chubby's the (laughs) restaurant down the street they all walk to she's like i love chubby's and he's like oh really it's only the place i eat at every day i'm sure we saw each other i was like why did they have him lie about ever going to chubby's like that's stupid like you live in this town you're going to see each other that i didn't understand i was like there was no reason to have him lie about going to chubby's i can't imagine what what did she go to the next high school over like how (laughs) they hang out at chubby so consistently i just feel like chubby seats what like 12 people (laughs) they must have seen each other are you ready to move on do you have anything else to say no i'm very excited to hear what you have to say about Corey's tom select me episode the only thing that I have to say about Corey's Tonsillectomy episode is that I I liked the references to uh, Unsolved Mysteries, but that's only because I was terrified of Unsolved Mysteries as a child. So that was important to me. Outside of that, I hate everything else I get. Absolutely everything else I get. Okay, well, I have a few things that I want to talk about, and feel free to pepper in as you want. Um, Because the the moment I remember this was the Corey's Tonsil episode, I knew you were going to fucking hate it, and that's that's (laughs) a okay. The one thing I want to say is that we 
are seeing a completely different side of Corey in this episode. And one of the things I want to talk about is, like, Corey's personalities. Because it feels as though, like, one of the things that uh, a lot of the shows struggle with with their leading men is that they're not as interesting to watch because they're only ever playing the same character, straight character, all the time. Like, How I Met Your Mother is a great example of how all the other characters are so much more interesting than Ted Mosley. Like, it's... This could have very easily been that, but the show does a very interesting thing by like making uh, Corey one of like four different things, which is like the romantic, uh, hard on his sleeve, you know, anything for love guy, leading man. His second personality is him as like a boy scout, like him like leading Sean on the right path, setting the best example at school, doing all that shit. Then you also have, like, bewildered, I don't understand anything about the world, Corey. But in this episode, we get neurotic Corey. Neurotic Corey is the same Corey that we see in, like, underpants. Like, <laughs> this this side of Ben uh, Savage's uh, acting is so interesting to me because I, I sincerely do not think another actor would have been able to tackle all the different storylines that they demand of Corey, of being funny when they need, being romantic when they need, of heroic when they need. Like, it's a hard role to play because you have so many hats to wear. But he does it, even though this episode sucks, he does this very well. Neurotic Corey is one of my favorite ones. Uh, like, I think of the episode in the future where there's the bed and breakfast at Phoebe's house. Yes. Like, I love Neurotic Corey when he's given the room to be himself. Just silly. Like, he has so much fun doing it, and I think that's why we have fun watching him. Exactly. But this was not that. This was half Russian bomb episode, half kooky, crazy nonsense. I think I'm going <laughs> to set a rule that any episode is going to go down a half grade for me if they have a dream sequence. I'm into it. It just feels to me that you had five minutes that you could have done something really great with that you just showed me some shit that didn't even exist in the reality <laughs> we're in. Hard pass. With the exception. Scream. And then there was Sean. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um... But, what? okay, so we have Neurotic Corey. Um, he wants to get his tonsils out. Sean is acting very suspicious of all of it. Sean, in this episode, presents Corey with a newspaper. This newspaper has a story about a kid in Orlando, Florida, who went in for a simple procedure and then vanished, disappeared. Corey looks at the newspaper and says, what kind of tabloid are you reading? And Sean's like, this is New York Times, baby. Corey says, New York Times trailer park edition. Sean, hey, it's the same, except you can eat it. Can we unpack that for a second? You mean the classism that's uh, impacted into it? Also, the idea that misinformation is rampant among poor communities? I can't really argue against that right now, but still. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, it's like we've talked about this, that there are some times where it feels like they are very sincere about their care for these lower class characters and their lives and, you know, fleshing them out and making them full and respecting what it means for a family to still be a family in the trailer park. And then there's other times that they do jokes like this that makes you feel like they're making fun of it all and they're making fun of these people. And I just don't know 
whose side they're on. Well, I feel like depending on the reigning writer, that perspective shifts. I guess that's that's what happens when you have different writers. There's certain writers who just they look at a character and they reduce it to Sean is poor. You know what I mean? Like, and there's other yeah. people who will write a script and be like, "What does poverty? How does poverty shape Sean's view of the world?" I think we enjoy those episodes and the episodes where the punchline is Sean is poor we like less. Well, I do wonder about Sean being poor because I think he's a pediatrician. (laughs) In this episode, there's a scene where he's in full scrubs in a hospital and over the intercom you hear paging Dr. Hunter and he goes, I'm going to go deliver this baby. And everybody seems to be on board with that. I do enjoy Sean in this episode and bits and pieces. Specifically, I I believe that Sean would be wary of the medical field because uh, people in low-income environments often do distrust large facilities or, like, you know, any kind of government. Put some Robitussin on it. You'd be fine. <laughs> okay, so I have... One more thing I want to talk about with this episode, and that is, do you think, we've we've have a lot of theories about Boy Meets World, okay? One of them is that Corey is secretly smart. Yeah. Okay? This is a theory that we've been talking about for the last three, four, three seasons, you know? In this episode, right before Corey's surgery, Feeny is there, and Corey says, Listen, Feeney, I want to apologize. <laughs> I've done a lot of bad to you over the years. I want to make it up. I want you to go to the airport Hilton. Like he gives them like all, like this strange series of directions to go to a locker um, where in it is a uh, binder that has all of his homework that he's that's he's never turned in. Yeah, and that he's actually a brilliant student. Feeney says, "I'm not going to do this." But assuming that he's lying to him. Correction. Feeney says, what's the capital of Montana? Yes. <laughs> if you can answer that. <laughs> and, and then because he can't, Corey's like, you're not going to go to the airport, are you? <laughs> I actually think all of that is a lot of fun. Again, yeah. I had more fun with this episode than you did. But what I'm asking is, does this exist? I think it's something that in a fever dream, Corey would think he did. You know what I mean? Because I always think that Corey also thinks he's smarter than he is. And sometimes, you know, he has a blurred line with reality. So I think this is something that Corey either planned on doing or thought that he did, but it doesn't really exist. Um, If it was Sean, I would absolutely believe. Here's the thing. If Sean had a key or if if we heard any kind of reference to Sean going to the airport, I would definitely believe it's true. Here is my theory for why I believe this exists. First of all, I don't know where they live in Philadelphia. The airport may not be that far away. And you know that we lived in a town that had a very small municipal airport. Maybe it was something like that. Okay. Who knows? Secondly, in the bed and breakfast episode that you talk about, one of the reasons why Corey's neurotic the whole time is because he's like – this, this, you know, they're. Tr- I'm not trying to get into the whole episode, but he's basically saying he gets in trouble with Sean. They do something they're not supposed to, and he's like, "I want to." At this point, I want to get caught. Like, I want to get caught because I'll feel better because the universe will all make sense once you know my punishment comes for doing something bad. 
right? Okay. I'm familiar with that. Yep. It makes sense to me that if Corey is that like worried about being bad and getting caught and getting punishment, like all of that, if his world has that kind of order to it, to me, it would make sense for him to feel the need that he must do his homework, but maybe not participate that strongly into like critical thinking perhaps in, in in school that he would still get it done but maybe he just doesn't for sean's sake for whatever doesn't want to turn it in maybe it had something to do with feeny trying to send him to a genius school in season one and him being like <laughs> i don't want to be away from my friends i don't want to do that so he's been keeping it a secret this whole time bro boys to mensa season one I just want you to know, I literally could care less. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm like, you have this full theory, and I'm just like, I honestly don't care. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll. I'm sure this will come back around. But for right now, that's just where I stand with this whole thing. Outside of that, you're right. Uh, I don't have anything else to add for this episode. Yeah. I, I felt like this episode, this, our current episode is way longer than this episode deserves. <laughs> yep. I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm so done with this. Siege, do you have a bra moment for this episode? Um, my bra moment is just everything that happens in Singled Out with the females. It's None of it seems above board. All of it seems very degrading towards women. I feel bad watching it at all, so... That would be my bra moment. I would also agree that the entire show singled out feels uh, very misogynistic and it's very design, even though it's meant not to. It's meant to be love is blind before love is blind, but it's not that at all. Yeah. Uh, at least not in this episode. Okay. And Afini taught me. Feeney taught me that there is one school and it's called Harvard. <laughs> If Eric doesn't know of another college other than Harvard, Feeney is responsible for that. He was his teacher. Feeney made it very clear. He was like, I'm not even entertaining this kind of stupidity. <laughs> you, you've you known me for years. I'm not participating. I really don't know what the Feeney taught me. I don't know what the lesson – I don't think Corey learned the lesson. I don't think Sean learned the lesson. Eric's lesson was to not lie, right? Yeah. Lying gets you nowhere. Okay, lying is bad. Thank you for fucking 25 minutes of my life. All right. Uh, what grade are you giving this episode? I am giving this episode a C. I am giving this episode a D. I am not surprised by that. <laughs> and the only reason why it's not an F is the Feeney call. See, for me, I had it at a C plus, and then I remembered the dream sequence and brought it down. <laughs> okay. Uh, homework. What homework do you have? I have a board game called Millennial Lotteria. Okay. It's basically millennial bingo. And so, like, you know, it's, it's instead of a normal bingo, uh, bingo board, it has, like, a picture of a guy with a man bun. And then it has, like, a mason jar from Target. And it has, like, all these little fun, like, avocado toasts and things like that. So it's just, it's normal bingo, but it's just fun the way that they are able to bring our current culture into it. What's funny is we did not discuss this beforehand, but my homework is also a board game. I'm telling you, bro, it's all we're doing. <laughs> but I will say it's a digital board game. My friends and I, we did the online Monopoly game 
Um, you can also play it through your phone. And we had a really good time. Um, it was, you know, it's just, if you want to play regular Monopoly, you can. But ours was the app version, and they send you a code, and all your friends can log in, and your, your games are synced. But it was a really good, it was a fun game, and it also takes out, like, they count the money. A lot of things are, like, automated, so you get to the playing part a lot quicker. I don't know, bro. I have to say that in our family growing up playing Monopoly, part of it was who could get away with cheating. You know what I mean? Like, that's part of the game. <laughs> Which, in real, honestly, nothing's going to prepare you for the real world than getting away with cheating successfully. <laughs> you know what? That's a lesson that I wasn't quite prepared for, but I think, I think you're right. This- well, you know what? That's your Feeny lesson, y'all. <laughs> this particular game, it was more about strategy. And uh, my boyfriend and I had different strategies on how to win the game. We lost because we went with his strategy. And I got to tell you, I was mad for like the rest of the night. So, <laughs> Bro, you got to learn the art of the deal. I have a book. I'll send it to you. <laughs> that's, that's our homework for this week. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Honestly, I'm so over it. I'm so done. Uh, <laughs> this was a, a bad, like, Janet and dad was so great, and this is just, it's it's trash. You guys just deserve better. I'm sorry. Yeah. But hopefully we made it a little bit more entertaining. Either way, that was our episode. Thank you for listening to Bro Meets World. Uh, remember to leave us a rating or a contact and reach out to us at Bro Meets World or email us at bromeetsworld at gmail.com. Um, also, reach out and let us know if you watch singled out or what do you think about this episode because this episode is rated high on imdb and i disagree but i uh, guys you don't have to tell me i already know you sipping on that nostalgia nipple hard (laughs) it is it is so full of just like when i see that singled out set i'm immediately back in 1993 i don't know how i just that's what happened to me and i think that's why it's rated so high uh i you know what maybe especially in these times 93 just seems like a a safer place to be year of the la riots (laughs) (laughs) all right uh do you have anything else you want to say uh no i would like everyone to dream try and do some good with the time you're given y'all make the most of it your home you know clean some shit up put together a desk, find something to do, be productive. Write a better script than this one. (laughs) Yes. If you guys can give us a singled out spec script, that would be wonderful. We'll do a live table read. Love to do that. All right. uh, (laughs) Later, bros. Later, bros.